Welcome to another episode of Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. And I thought Reed froze, but he didn't freeze. He was just pre-gaming? Pausing for dramatic effect. Throwing his throwing his metaphorical cloud of uh, resin into the air. Uh, just easier to find the point where we started the podcast if there's a little break in our audio. Okay, guys. Those, those things Ty doesn't have to worry about as the non-editor of this podcast. <laughs> Need, needed some, uh, some room tone. But, well... Don't throw around words like that, because I don't even know what that means. It sounds very official. <laughs> it's pretty official. Uh, today we're going to be talking about No Time to Die, the new 007 movie. Uh, but before we get to that, Ty, what's your favorite non-Daniel Craig 007 movie? Oh, you didn't tell me it was going to be a non-Daniel Craig 007 movie? You tricked me. I can't... Sneaky. I can't ever remember them. I They, they all just blend together. I know I liked Sean Connery. I didn't even mind Pierce Brosnan. Okay. So that's all I got. Sorry. I know. You can't say a title. I could say a title, like Goldfinger. Perfect. Uh, I mean, that's a great one. Okay, that's my favorite. All right. What's your favorite, including Daniel Craig movies? Well, I was just going to say Skyfall, because that's really the only one I can I could tell you the story of. Uh, Ty and I, uh, Skyfall is the best 007 movie. I think it's clear. That's why I put the wrinkle in, and I was going to say Diamonds Are Forever. But we saw No Time to Die together. And we had both rewatched Skyfall, and Ty totally forgot that there was a movie in between Skyfall <laughs> and No Time to Die. I totally forgot. I don't think I don't think they need need to and should make Bond movies um, that are memorable. Yeah, it's like that's not what we're going for. Yeah, it should be just cool. Well, okay. How do you think No Time to Die did on Cool Factor? It wasn't super cool. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did not like it. I was uh there you know the crazy thing about it is it has like a mini Bond movie in the middle that was so good. The scene with in Cuba with Anna de Almas and and uh that was like Where it's like fun. They're they're doing quips, they're just shooting and it didn't have the heavy weight of the rest of the movie I thought. Yeah, and and it he was true to his um his character, which is to drink to look good, to seduce women, and to fight. That's all That's all he should be doing. And so it's like a little Bond short movie in the middle of this movie, and then the rest is crazy stuff that I just... I just really hated the ending. I really hated uh, how arbitrary the villains were. I hated how unfunny it was. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I guess let's get... <laughs> Tywin right to the end, okay. Well, how do you feel? Uh, what do you think? Um, I didn't like it. Either I think Bond usually has uh, I don't know maybe I more interaction with the villains you know throughout the movie they kind of meet they have a back and forth he's pretty smooth I I guess I didn't think the the part and story about like the five years in the past scene and him breaking up with the therapist I don't know I just think the story didn't hold up so well for me Why do you think uh, you didn't like the, th- the breaking up with the therapist five years before. You just didn't care about it, or what? Well, and then just that it like was she working for Spectre? Were they just was Spectre setting her up? Why was Spectre setting her up? If that's true, like wait, we know the answers. What's the point of that? We know the answers to those questions now. She was not working for Spectre. No, but he he uh, um, Blomfeld made it seem like she was because he knew Bond would 
break up with her and be unhappy, be alone. So he was trying to ruin Bond's love, which is interesting because, well, maybe it's worse to be betrayed and find out the girl, the woman you love is working for your enemy, but he also just could have killed her. <laughs> yeah, I think other Bond women have just been killed by the by the villain to ruin Bond's life. I think there's a woman that's killed in Goldfinger. I don't, she's covered in gold. She's covered in gold paint. I, that's what I thought. I don't really know. Oh, they they recreate it in Quantum of Solace with a woman covered in oil. Okay, but like shot. It's like the same shot. The new gold. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't like the villain. He he made no sense. Just everything about him. Uh, how exactly that that um, D- DNA signature thing works. Why there needed to be big vats of acid all of a sudden that there weren't before when the when the Herac- Heracles or whatever was making it in England uh, and why he wanted to kill everyone in the world. I, I'm confused about all this stuff. Why does he have that island? Where are all those henchmen from? Like, what's that person's life like? <laughs> you read once that movie in the- that comedy sketch. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, and okay, and look, yeah, I think we have to talk about the ending. I was shocked that 007 died. I mean, I think the filmmakers would probably say, "Well, good, we shocked a a veteran film goer who no- nothing shocks this guy." Maybe they just I, maybe that's all they wanted to do, just shock us. But then, is it just for the shock value? Like, what is the is there catharsis in him letting him die? That's what I don't understand. I don't think so. I mean, it wasn't cathartic to me. It sucked. He's my hero, you know, in the in the mythology of it. And he to have him die undermines. I feel like all the faith or all the the joy we get out of identifying with him. I mean, he wins. Well, and he's he's just so depressed, and he finally has this kind of like joy in his life, and he reconnects with the woman, has a family, and he gets to have that for all of. 12 hours like yeah why why do they so badly want him to suffer where did that idea come from it's been it's been throughout the daniel craig pond movies right that he's he's a guy who's suffering that's the i just feel like that's the wrong way to go i would not have gone that way he's supposed to, like you think of like the old bonds they're unaffected debonair like smooth they just keep going i don't know it's it is a total shift in perspective yeah. Ugh, it didn't feel fun. It I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, you walk out of the theater after seeing him blow up and you're just like, "Ugh." Right? I don't know. Yeah, no, I it was just like, "What in the world just happened?" Yeah. The, Apparently there was time to die. Ha. The names make no sense, right? The titles used to be based on Ian Fleming novels, but they've sort of run out of those and now they just do seem ridiculous. Also, I mean, this is not a big deal, but I my earliest memory of, of Bond is going to a theater when I was probably 12 with our dad and watching the opening credits and uh, uh, being scandalized at the time. Do you remember those old opening credits? They, they would always have women. Like shadows. Shadows, always silhouettes of women. And, yep. and, um, and then they'd always have Bond like in a, in a circle. There was that one shot in the movie where, where he... Shoots in a round hallway that I appreciated. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I thought the credits for this one were really bad. They were just random. It felt totally random. And no women. Is the, I thought they always had to have women. Am I missing something? 
I think you're missing the time of the time it is, Ty. <laughs> the last ten years, twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, it was it was like blood vessels and veins going through a body, which I guess is reference to the DNA. Yeah, I guess. It's it's tough when you go from Adele singing your theme song in Skyfall to literally anyone else. Like it just, it's not going to be as good. <laughs> I didn't mind the song so much, but of course. I like Billie Eilish you're more big, than you do. You're a big Eilish head. <laughs> she, she speaks to she speaks to me in a way that other people don't. Well, I guess I think the movie was successful in the action set pieces, like the car chase at the beginning, that fight scene in Cuba that you talked about, and then not all of that island at the end, but there was kind of a long shot of Bond going up in a hallway and upstairs. I think that just like brought some style and it's like it visually interesting. Like it's exciting. It just is these snippets of exciting action in a plot that I don't didn't connect to. Yeah. How sad too that the uh, what's his name Jeffries, the American CIA agent. I mean, I love that guy. Love that character. Why did he have to die? Uh, yeah. To add tension to make him angry at the home. Homeland Security guy that betrayed them? I don't know. State Department. State Department. Yeah, the I guess. Book of Mormon guy. Looking looking like a Book of Mormon over there. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I mean, it felt like this movie was a little bloated, too. Two hours and 40 minutes. Like, oh, it was way too long. I think that's the first thing we said to each other walking out. Why was it that? That could have been because we started watching it at 1030 at night. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well, that just makes you think about it all the harder. Did it really need to be that long? No. Do you think uh, they should make a, a Mission Impossible Bond joint film? Because I do. That'd be pretty wild, where he like runs into Ethan, ha- Ethan Hunt on his mission. Yeah, like, obviously at the first they'd be at odds and try and, like, trying to beat each other up or whatever, and then eventually they'd cooperate to solve it, to save the day. That'd be awesome. Is is that your number one franchise crossover in the spy world? Well, what else would there be? Uh, you can have Jason Bourne show up. Jason Bourne. Oh, he doesn't. He doesn't stand a chance against 007. Well, is he a spy, really? An assassin. He's, I don't know. he's a weird assassin. I don't. I don't. Like I. I think he's the kind of person Bond would just kill. <laughs> right. Bond would try. Many men have tried to come at Jason Bourne. Okay. Unsuccessfully. All right. I don't know. My question is like looking back on this series with Daniel Craig, do you feel like the connected storytelling across movies was successful? Or do you wish they would go back to more standalone, one off movies for 007? For sure. I think they should go back. Yeah. I mean, that's what makes them unique. They're trying to be like everyone else to do this um, story that continues over over films. I just, I just feel like they, they really had an amazing brand. They, you know, were well known for something and they did, they did it really well. And if they move away from it, they're trying to become like Marvel or they're trying to become like fast and the furious. And I think that's too bad because the thing about that is those, those longer cycles, like with Daniel Craig right now come to an end, obviously. And you, and you get kind of a fatigue about it. And, I don't know. It just means it feels to me like it makes it more awkward to keep going or you have to give it a pause. You have to let the audience reset. 
or people. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess that's how I'd say it. Well, then is I mean, it's like, is the next 007 going to start with an origin story again? Like, I don't want to see that every six movies either. Like, the nice thing about just telling the singular mystery is you can switch bonds and just keep doing those same movies. It doesn't have to have a connective tissue. Yeah. Through line. Yeah. And I mean, it was a depressing through line at that. So I, I mean, I, I guess I remember Vesper from Casino Royale, but that was like 15 years ago. I when did that movie come out? Like I don't, a long time ago. And like, that's the person he's going to mourn. I was surprised. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good. Do you think Ava Green got paid for that? No. Was she in it? That's too bad. Just her image. Her picture was. Yeah. That's too bad. I, yeah. She's okay. Uh, probably okay. <laughs> what do you think? She's like, man, if only we could have gotten married, then I could have been in all these Bond movies. Can you imagine getting him, getting Bond married? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Next Bond. Let's see what they do with him. Ridiculous. They already made him a babysitter. Let's pick up <laughs> toys for kids. All right, Ty did not appreciate Bond having a family. I get it. Did you think that he, do you think he's ever had kids before? I don't know, but I doubt it. Do I think he's ever been a father? No. Do I think he's ever fathered children? Probably. <laughs> really? Okay. Well, we don't know. We don't know. All right. What are, any other likes or dislikes about this movie, Ty? Mm, well, no, those are all of my dislikes. Did you have a single like? I can't remember. <laughs> Oh, the Cuba scene. Yeah, the Cuba scene was awesome. It's magic in a bottle. Do you think they filmed that where it was just like, uh-oh, we should have wrote this movie? <laughs> Probably. I mean, why wasn't she a bigger, why wasn't she basically the Bond girl? It's weird. Or even come back in the movie, because he, he had an actual love interest, not just him being on an adventure. I don't know. Yeah, he did. He was pretty devoted. Pretty strange. All right. What are you going to rate No Time to Die out of five? I'm going to give it a two, but I, I would recommend watching something else. I think that a two denotes that. I don't know. <laughs> well, does it? I think I think you could. I mean, if you want to watch it for the, the uh, Cuba scene, then do that. A ties two is like a reads four. So yeah, exactly. No, I'm going to give it a three. I think the action scenes redeem it a little bit. And it's nice to have a big blockbuster movie to go to. <laughs> okay. You're being loyal to the director or something right now. Just the experience of theaters. I'm being loyal to theaters. Okay. I don't know. Ty, are you, are you going to watch Dune on HBO max or in theater? I hope in theaters, but uh, who knows? I'm not going to be around normal theaters for the next two weeks, basically. Okay. That's fair. And I know you, you really want to see what happens to Duncan Idaho. So you'll watch Dune any way you can. <laughs> that's right. I don't even know what that means, but cool. It's a character in Dune. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all right, Ty, what else do you have to recommend that you've been watching, reading, or listening to? Um, I was going to mention um, a movie that both, both you and I saw called Titane, which I think is French for titanium. It's a wild movie with a main character who somehow is impregnated by a Cadillac and then pretends she's a boy and is adopted by a fireman who's not her father, but thinks he is. It's all very strange. It made me think so much, though. And and also, there's very little dialogue. So in that way, it's the perfect movie, I thought. It's visual, just as movies should be. 
it is pretty stunning uh, and insane. And insane, yeah. It's not for the faint of heart. Oh, I forgot to say she's a serial killer. And you get to witness several of those murders. You get to witness several of those murders. It, okay, yeah, it's not great. It's not great in that way. But Oh, uh, but it was... She kills someone in a house and then realizes there's someone else in the house and then realizes there's someone else in the house and just looks so exasperated. It's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> uh, it shouldn't be funny. It shouldn't be funny, but it was. It's a uh, it's very deadpan. Strange humor. Uh, it is in it. I saw it in an AMC in Utah, which was shocking to me. So it might be out there for people to see. I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. I saw it in AMC. All right. AMC in New York. There you go. We're the one and the same. They were not sponsored by AMC yet. Uh, all right. My recommendation is a new Apple TV series, Foundation, based on the sci-fi novel, but it has like Lee Pace and Jared Harris. I think the production design seems really high. I like the story so far. It's kind of nonlinear, but it's been good. There's maybe four episodes out right now. Okay. I watched the first one. It was pretty good. Oh, and you don't, you don't really hold for sci-fi too much. Yeah. Well, I didn't keep watching it. <laughs> there you go. But I do. I try to watch the first episode of every TV show. I can. Interesting. I mean, it was all right. All right. It was all right. It wasn't awful. Come on, it was good. It was good. It was good. Okay. I mean, there was some stuff. He uses math to tell the future, <laughs> which is sort of ridiculous, but okay. That's such a simplification. I can't even handle it. Wait, really? Do you learn more about the math in the future? Well, no, but you just, he just uses like huge data sets to predict uh, what is an economic model, real quick, Ty. <laughs> it's math used to predict the future. <laughs> cool. All right. Case closed. So <laughs> how often are they correct, Reed? If they're good, pretty often. No, we don't. It, you can't predict anything with a mathematical model. They always get it wrong. Okay. If, if economists could get it right, they'd be millionaires from the stock market, but they can't. All right. No arguing with that. We're not millionaires yet. <laughs> but we will be. Thanks for listening to <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Two Brothers Review the Podcast. I'm Reed Turley. Uh, I'm Ty Turley, and you have to leave that long pause you just in, did in. I'm telling you, I thought you were frozen again. <laughs> Bye. Uh, Bye. Bye.